Listen up, get ready, I'm not gonna take no more. There's a revolution, a revelation going on in my soul. Buckle up, get ready, we're not gonna sit back. So, hey, it's me, not Michael, at Live from the Heartland this week. Welcome, friends, family, neighbors, comrades, brothers and sisters. I can't do, do what Michael does. But all the citizens of uh, our world, our city, um, we're here for you with another edition of Live from the Heartland, which is the number 142 in the pandemic era. We've been doing Zoom shows as opposed to live for quite some time now. Our home base is WLUW. Today, we guess we welcome our guests, Mike Plonsky and uh, Josina Morita. So we'll just get right to it. Hope everyone's uh, recuperating from the municipal elections we just had. Quite a wild ride in so many ways. We'll talk to both of our guests about that. Um, in the good news portion of the realm, uh, thanks to being on duty in a campaign here in the ward, in uh, the 49th Ward, I got to bring a 91-year-old woman who one of our phone bankers found, uh, called and said, have you voted yet? And she said, well, I, I have my ballot, but I have to deliver it. Um, and I could use some help because our next question on the phone bank was, do you need a ride to the polls? Long story short, I wound up driving over to pick up this 91-year-old gal and her walker. We took herself to the early voting spot where the ballot box is dropped it in there, and she said to me, I'm so glad you were able to do this for me. If I hadn't voted, it would have been the first time in 72 years. She moved me. Uh, another good news for us locally is we had a big win in the local aldermanic. Maria Haddon again uh, gathered a lion's share. This time it was even more, 74% of the ballots cast in the 49th Ward. And we think that is really good news. Um, good news is the weather turning nicer. We're heading into spring, although I know Chicago and it is March and anything can happen. So be ready. But I do know myself and others are beginning to think of gardens. So I hope that's enough good news because there's so much other news. For example, the war in Ukraine turned one year old this past week. Um, and that was right after the visit by that President Biden made to the Ukraine. Um, amped up talking, not good about uh, weaponry and uh, possible nuclear uh, activity over there. It's it's very scary time. Uh, we had somebody in some UN or maybe NATO council yesterday uh, from Russia reference um literally reference nuclear activity um we really need to <laughs> we really need to focus on ending that uh that whole engagement there and i know we didn't start it but somehow we have to help the negotiations happen um and as if to you know sort of signal it there was a big demonstration uh in berlin this past week 10,000 people calling for negotiations, not war. Um, let's see. Uh, this week's municipal election, we'll go into it, like I said, with our guests, but suffice it to say, it's, it's another one for the ages. 
whatever that means. Um, we'll we will talk to Mike and Josina about it. Um, sad, sad happening here in Chicago yesterday. A Chicago police officer was shot and killed in Gage Park as he was dealing with a domestic uh, dispute. Um, a quite an amazing showing of first responders, huge gathering of first responders around my, Mount Sinai Hospital where the officer was pronounced dead. He was young, he was only five years on the force. And of course the shooter was also young, 18 years old. And he's also in the hospital as the officer did uh, fire on him before he was downed. This is not, this is not the way we want to live in Chicago. And uh, okay, other there's in healthcare field news. Eli Lilly lowered the price of insulin by some seventy percent beginning in May. Thank you, Bernie Sanders. I think that's what we need to say at this point. Thank you, Bernie Sanders, and all the people you have rallied and organized to organize and put pressure the way you have on drug prices. Um, this is going to save lives, and uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that people have been uh, steadfast in calling for it. We uh, still have a big Supreme Court final uh, election in Wisconsin. That's April fourth. Many Chicagoans have been uh, going up there, knocking on doors and sending postcards and the whole nine yards. That is, again, a significant election that will have ramifications for the next decade for Wisconsinites, and not only them, of course. As we know, the courts are now a battling ground for the political right. So uh, just be aware of that. Um, let's see. Here in our neighborhood, um, it was a rough and tumble election, complete with social media trolling, outright fabrication about one's opponent and supporters, and the inevitable sign wars. Mercifully, that's over. Um, I'm still wondering, as in after 50 years of doing campaigns and elections, what is the upside to nasty campaigning? I just don't know. Some people always, I remember people saying, bad commercials, nasty commercials win votes. Yeah, do they really? Um, Michael has in the script, because he's been doing this uh, comeback stories, and I just wrote Vallis, question mark. That would be Paul Vallis, who uh, at this moment in time, it would seem like the mayor's seat is his to lose. More on that later. Environmentally speaking, uh, the Illinois Environmental Council, headed up by our own neighbor, Jen Walling, is uh, is got a bill trying to get styrofoam uh, banned in, uh, in our state. Uh, info on how you can help, go to the Illinois Environmental Council website, IEC, um, and it'll be right up there, the bill that is now being, that is now under consideration. Um, and let's see, as we look to the end of one of the warmest winters in my lifetime as a Chicagoan, it's snowing in LA, big storms are roiling across the South. And, uh, you know, Chicago's sitting pretty, we, we cross our fingers, knock on wood, whatever. We have not had dramatic and life-threatening 
weather activity, but uh, doesn't mean that we're not feeling it for those that do. I have to mention that um, Michael's photo show, uh, Crossing Borders at the Uri Eichen Gallery, 2200 South Halstead, will open Friday, March 10th, um, and be up for a little less than a month. He's been working hard on it. Uh, some of those photos go back 40, 50 years. Um, we're really happy that he's having so much fun sharing his photos with the world. Um, good news, again, is uh, Funkadesi is uh, playing at Space in Evanston this weekend, um, Sunday, March 5th. They are always a treat and always an uplift, and we love Funkadesi. So uh, if you get a chance, if you're free to go out on Sunday after early evening, they are there, and they are a spirit lifter to be sure. Um Okay, I think at this point we're going to have a little musical break and we'll come back with Mike Klonsky and hopefully you'll still be with us. Uh, Live from the Heartland can be found on YouTube, Heartland Media. Okay, see you soon.
We are so happy here at Live from the Heartland to welcome a very good friend and a longtime friend of Michael's, especially you guys go back further than I, but I've been lucky enough to know your family for some years now, and you're all wonderful. I love you. Uh, we should let people know that um, that sun coming through the window behind you is from Florida. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. We're, we're, we just had a really nice day yesterday here in Chicago, and we're headed for some snow tomorrow, <laughs> I think. Well, um, I'm really I'm really sorry to hear that, but I've got it pretty tough down here in Florida. You know, the it's very difficult to drive with the sun beating, you know, get, creating glare in the windshield. And this 90-degree heat, you know, and it makes the pool too warm, actually, to work out in. I'm not I'm not listening to any of this, Michael. Okay. My sister, my sister Colette used to live in Florida, and she said uh, she, her favorite bumper sticker down there was, "When I get old, I'm going to move to your state and drive really slow." <laughs> That's about it. But you know, the uh, the downside of it is that we're living under this DeSantis fascism, and it's horrible, and it's a really uh, taking its toll on the schools and on teachers. And uh, this is a man who's very likely to run for uh, president of the United States. And so uh, his goal is to make the whole country like Florida. And he doesn't mean the weather. No. Uh, I, he, means a, he means a fascist dictatorship. And so we've got to stop him here in Florida before, before it's too late, as they say. Yeah. Truly. He, uh, he, he made a stop here in Chicago prior to the election, you know. I heard, yeah. And visited with his friends in the FOP and other people they support. Um, so, yeah, like uh, like Paul Vallis, for example. Yeah, like that guy, like that yes. guy. Um, before we go off into the realm of politics, which I know you and I can just swim in forever, let's just mention your. Um, you are still a radio show host, are you not? Are you guys still doing hitting left? Yeah, we're doing hitting left, and we've been on hiatus while I've been down here in Florida looking after my. Uh, my, uh, Susan's dad, who's been very ill, and uh, we'll be back next week, though, and we'll, we'll resume our in-studio shows. Up until now, we've just been doing archive shows and uh, music shows. Um, but yes, we're still doing uh, Hitting Left. It's gone on almost five years now. And, um, you know, our next show is going to be a sum up of, in fact, of the Chicago elections. Oh, wow. Invite me so on. So tune today. in. Yeah, tune in. <laughs> Um, the, this show is about 30 years old, I'm thinking, uh, since it started wow. when it was yeah. live and in the heartland. And I took uh, a hiatus myself. So I'm filling in for Michael today, who's recovering, um, hopefully quickly. And we wish him and we wish him all the Klonskis wish him a speedy recovery to our brother who, of, uh, who we've known for going on 60 years now, I think. That's right. I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, the also you also have a pretty good, darn good uh, commentary in your blog. Uh, you don't call it a blog though, or maybe you do. I don't what, know anymore. It's good. It's it, they call it a newsletter, but it, to me, it's still a blog. Okay. You know, it's my outlet for yes, right. about about education, politics, or whatever is on my mind. Yeah, it's called Mike Klonsky's Edupol. So Mike Klonsky's Edupol, and that's like how education people find and it, just politics. Yeah. Up. yeah. 
and there's a so slash on mark between edu and all. Yeah, it's on Substack. On Substack. So you can find that me easily fun. on Substack, yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay, so um, I think you've already given me your response to DeSantis and his anti-woke thing, um, which yeah. every time that word comes out of one of these guys' mouths, I just want to I just want to scream, you know, uh, we had a guy uh, running for police district here whose name is W-O-L-K, and he made a point at the forum. He didn't win, by the way, but he made a point after uh, uh, to saying that's woke, not woke. Yeah, it's, it's well, they, they've come up with all they've, the magas have come up with all these uh, dog whistles and catchphrases uh, designed to uh, capture uh you know the uh the fears and sentiments of uh white of white people and and try to uh, uh win white workers over to the you know to fascism which is an old story uh, in yeah. this country and everywhere in the world yeah so one of the funnier uh commentaries i i caught on facebook or something yesterday since the election was um someone commenting i see a lot of Go Brandon shirts and posters being hidden away in certain people's attics at this point. You know really? what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, the, the Go Brandon theme. Uh, oh, which, oh uh, the Go <laughs> not not Brandon Johnson. You mean the, the catch no, but I, phrase they the have people, for Biden. The, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all the people who are going to be stomping for Vallis, they're definitely going to have to put away their Go Brandon paraphernalia. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. The MAGA yeah. into the MAGA closet. All right, let's let's talk election. Um uh what have you been reading or observing about it that that is interesting to you? And just basically, uh, is there any good news from your perspective about the Chicago municipal elections as far as you can see? Some good news. Well, uh yeah, I uh it's hard to find, uh, you know, to find good news uh, because, in my in my mind, this was like a backlash election. Uh, uh, it reminded me a lot of how uh, Trump came into power uh, on the heels of the Obama uh, uh, presidency, hmm. and uh, they they managed to, uh, you know, here's a guy who only got five percent of the vote in 2019. And he managed to capture, I guess you call it the white lane, running against like nine candidates of color, or however many it was, right. and uh, trying to play on the fears people had about crime in the city, you know. And that was kind of a direct appeal. I, th I think uh, Vallis even used the term, uh, "We have to take back uh, the city," you know, this old dog whistle phrase. But the fact that he was the only white candidate. And the only, even though he denies it, the only Republican candidate with appeal to uh, the white wards and the, uh, call them the red wards, you know, if you want to talk in national terms, uh, you know, where, where so many cops and uh, people of that persuasion live, it gave him a clear path into the runoffs. In the meantime, we had like uh, seven candidates of color vying for the second runoff position. And, uh, you know, that made it, uh, uh, that made it impossible for, uh, 
Lori Lightfoot, the incumbent, to, to succeed, I think. But the good news is, if you were looking for good news, is we do have a progressive candidate in the runoff in Brandon Johnson. And I would say, I hope people can put aside all the the animosity and venom that was built up in a kind of internecine warfare in the left and try to unite behind Brandon because he's the only thing blocking Vallis now from City Hall. So even though I didn't vote for Brandon in the first round, I got to back him now. Yeah, I think that's the case for an awful lot of people. I actually did not feel, even though it was, it was a real situation of consternation when Chewy jumped in uh, when he did uh, for a lot of us and wondering, you know, what, why? Um, why now? And we had, uh, as you said, we had, I would say, three or four actual progressive candidates. Um, Cam well, Bachner, you... Sophia, uh, Brandon, um, and I'm forgetting the other one, <laughs> how quickly we forget. Um, and anyway, I, I, it, but I didn't see vitriol in, in front of me between left. We, I was working in the 49th Ward, and we had a very activist uh, Chicago teacher contingent, as we always have had. And they actually, uh, they bumped up the ranks in our little organization here, and uh, we, we decided we would do ranked choice balloting for the uh, endorsement because of the number of candidates which we could talk about that in a second. But anyway, they won. They edged out for Brandon by one vote over the Garcia faction, which I am part of. And But we're not a faction. We're, you know, I, I wound up handing out Brandon signs to those who wanted them from the campaign office and telling them where to get Chewy signs. I mean, there, there was coexistence. Now, of course, there's going to be, a, there's got to be unity. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I've I've seen the uh, I've seen the um, you know kind of the over the top uh, kind of toxic uh, treatment of those progressives who weren't weren't aligned with either with each candidate, and I think that online. Do you see that online, Mike? I see it online. I see it all over. I mean, uh, 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 uh. CTU people drumming uh, Chewy out of the progressive, saying he's no longer a progressive, uh, uh, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff. Uh, spreading wow. the uh, spreading rumors about each other. Uh, this has been going on, by the way, since the last election, you know, in 2019. And I don't think uh, I don't think the left ever got, or I didn't say the left, but uh, many in the left ever got over the loss. To uh, Lightfoot in the 2019 election, and ever since then, you know they've been going at her, uh, not just the left, but uh, uh, the white white uh, media press corps. You know the city hall press corps have been merciless, and um, I think it's led to uh, you know deep divisions. And and uh, I'm hoping that they can put Humpty Dumpty back together again because it's been I think it's been shattered, you know, put in pieces. And there's a lot of hard feelings now. And it's yeah. very difficult to just say, okay, we should all forget about that and unite behind Brandon. It's going to be a tough road. Uh, 
Not so, when not a, not when you look at uh, what the alternative is. I think, right? Well, look at it this way: uh, if uh, unity could have been built, if you take the combined votes of uh, Brandon, Chewy, and Lightfoot, put them together, win. the progressive candidate wins without even a runoff, over fifty percent. Right. But they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that, and I, I'm looking for signs that that's possible now. You you think it, it it can be done? I hope you're right. You know, but I'm I'm dubious. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm hopeful, but I'm dubious. You know, <laughs> how do you do that at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been the story hey. of my life. <laughs> so what what ward do you live in? Do you live in 26? Well, my ward is the first ward now. It used to be the 32nd. Uh -huh. So but now your, I'm in the in the first ward, yes. Who's your and, older? Uh, uh, well, now it is La Spada. It used to be uh, uh, Wagaspak. Right. But, okay. And uh, and Vallis carried my old ward. In other words, Wagaspak's ward. He carried it easily. He got forty eight percent in that ward. But in my new ward, uh, Brandon uh, won. Mm hmm. So, so La Spada is in a runoff. You know that, right? La Spada's in a runoff, yeah. And they, uh, you know, and... Uh, they came so close. You know, unless unless the mail-in ballots make a difference for them. Yeah, you know? well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... There's still a lot of runoffs going on in the aldermanic elections. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, what, what really pissed me off was that the, this guy, Gardner one up on the north side i i can't stand that guy yeah, and know. he's the guy who attacked uh attacked personally attacked my daughter and stuff and, and uh called her all kind of name uh, b word and all kind of names like that and so uh i really hope that uh i think he barely is in a runoff now but he's favored to win i cannot understand how people can support this guy and uh yeah. i'd like to have a couple minutes alone with him myself Maybe hey. in an alley, alley somewhere, but I, <laughs> I, I'm um, not going to do that, of course, because it wouldn't be illegal. Yeah. There's the new, new uh, one of the new members of the council this time. I saw him last night. A uh, guy named Fuentes is the 26th ward, which is part of Logan Square, I think. Um, and he's also he's a Brandon guy, uh, but he's he's also he's very young. It's very it's nice to see fresh blood and in, coming into that council. Well, the other Logan Square ward is uh is uh the 35th, I think. Uh-huh. And I think uh Brandon did very well in that ward too, so. Uh but uh you know, here's the thing. I mean, if you really want to break down the numbers, uh Lori Lightfoot carried the predominantly black wards. That's right. Uh, pretty pretty handily like she did in 2019. Well, in 2019 she captured all 50 wards. Yeah. Exactly. But in uh, this time, she did even better in the black wards, but she lost uh, heavily in the white wards that went for her last time. Okay. And uh, that's why I, I, I kind of call it a backlash election. Uh, yeah. Now, now the white wards uh, went for went for um, uh, Vallis, and uh, it reminded me of the Harold Washington days. In that regard, Lake, and, Lake and then uh, Brandon Cat Brandon got the Lakeshore Liberal vote, right? And then Chewy, of course, uh, captured the uh, you That's know the it. vote in Little Village, and 
uh, you know, Humboldt. in the yeah, Humboldt Park and, and the Pilsen. So, you know, we, we were kind of reverted back to the race politics of the past, which yeah. Lori, which Lori Lightfoot had disrupted in 2019 when she took all 50 wards, black, white, Asian, uh, Latino, et cetera. Uh, so that's kind of a sad story to me, you know, but I'm looking for rays of hope there. And like I say, I hope they can put Humpty Dumpty back together again, not just in terms of the left unity, but in terms of black, Latino, Asian uh, unity against this uh, white supremacist gang backed by the FOP and its racist uh, leader, John Catanzara, who endorsed Vallis. Yeah. And that's really all you need to know about the politics of this city. It's all embedded right there in that divide. Yeah. Listen, uh, well, just before we end, um, I was was wondering, what do you think about the uh, the new district councils? We just uh, voted a bunch of people across town to uh, regular citizens to sit on this council that is supposed to have some effect. Um, I, I, I assume... Yeah. I assume if Vallis wins, they'll have no effect. I assume if Brandon wins, he might actually work with him. Well, again, I'm hopeful. I mean, I hope it, it leads to more uh, grassroots participation and oversight yeah. of the uh, this police department that's running wild right now uh, yeah. with with protection from the FOP. And uh, but again, you know, it just seems like it, we we keep creating these new bureaucratic structures. Uh, but but what's what I'm missing out on is any talk in the campaign uh, about uh, ending uh, concentrated poverty in the city and stopping the easy flow of guns into the city, which are the basic requirements if you want to reduce crime. If if you're not talking about that, then all the the different forms and stuff for participation don't mean much to me. I mean. Uh, you're just uh, moving the chairs around on the on the deck of the Titanic. Yeah. Let's not end on that note. Okay. <laughs> you you have a wonderful family. Please give them all my love. I miss seeing Susan so much. Um, all right. Well, let's get together when we get back in town, and uh, I'd love that. We okay, and uh, we want to get you and Michael on our radio show too. Uh, so okay. we'll we'll pick a date and we'll do that and we'll we'll talk about more about the elections after we get some more in our rearview mirror. Yes, indeed. Listen, you take it easy down there. All right, in the, Katie. In the unfree state of free state of Florida. <laughs> okay. Do any damage right. you can editorially right. and uh, and blessings to the family and all all the good work you're doing with your. Uh, all your right, family. and right right back at you. Okay.
Wow, we are back, this time with our friend and uh, newly elected, relatively newly elected, Cook County Commissioner, Josina Morita. Very nice to see you. Great to see you too, Katie. Yeah, I don't know when the last time you were on the show, I know it was with Michael, not me, but um, it was also before you, when you were running to um, uh, gain former Larry Sufferton's Cook County uh, commissioner seat last year. You went from the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District commissioning, which you had done for how long? Six years, a full term. A full term. And then, and now you are a Cook County commissioner. And how is it different? I know it's very different, but what what are the differences that you like so far in your new job? It's different in a lot of ways that are great. I mean, I loved my six years at MWRD as a, you know the first urban planner on the board and the first Asian American on the board, being able to bring new voices and and perspectives and work on our land use policies at MWRD. Um, and it was great to be countywide, uh, but it was also hard. You know, I think one thing that I love about being at the county board now is having a smaller district, and it's still a big district. It's three hundred fifty thousand people, but yeah. you know, I feel like I have a home. Um, you know, and that it's my home. Right. This is where I live. This is the community that I spend the most time in. And, you know, we share, you know, values and share a lot of different, you know, pieces of our lives across this district that includes, you know, all of Niles Township. So Skokie, Morning Grove, Lincolnwood, all of Evanston, uh, all of the 49th and 50th wards, and then parts of 40 and 48. And the district changed um, with this last election after redistricting. So we used to go all the way up to the Lake County border, including all of New Trier Township. Now, we no longer have any new Trier Township, so Evanston, Skokie is our northern border. And then we go further south into the city, um, down to Peterson. And so um, I say that we're the most diverse district in Cook County. We have over 100 languages spoken. We're home to one of the largest uh, Asian American communities in the Cook County. We're the large home of one of the largest Assyrian communities in the country, um, home of a very concentrated Orthodox Jewish community, historically black communities, the first reparation program in the country at the municipal level in Evanston and the diversity of Rogers Park. So it's a great district uh, for me as the first Asian American woman on the board and who's somebody who's worked in coalition across racial and religious communities, having such a diverse district um, and thinking about how do we make these connections. So I love having a district and having kind of a home community um, to be able to build with. Um, I also just love the broader set of issues. You know, I think before I was at Water Reclamation District, I was a community organizer working on juvenile justice and healthcare for all, environmental justice. And these are the core issues that the county does. Um, you know, I, Larry suffered and always calls it stealth government, uh, that it was an agency that people didn't really know what we do, but we run the health and hospital system. We are the safety net around healthcare, uh, serving undocumented, anybody, no one is turned away at Stroger. Um, and then uh, we work on um, the health and hospitals, we work on the courts and jail system, which we're really excited. Hopefully when it gets untied up in court, we'll be implementing the Pretrial Fairness Act and ending cash money bond uh, for the first time in Cook County and making it a more reformed and equitable system uh, for the people of Cook County. Um, and then we run the Cook County Forest Preserves, which is just one of those most one of the most beautiful assets. And with the referendum that just passed, thank you to everybody who supported it. Um, in our area, it passed by over seventy percent, higher than the rest of Cook County. And 
Um, I think this is going to go down in history as our generation's Burnham plan. We are the only municipality that I know of, you know, metro area that is investing in and expanding natural spaces versus shrinking them and overdeveloping. Um, and so this referendum, I think, is really going to go down in history as a game changer for the region. So just really exciting stuff um, and being able to work on a broader set of issues as an urban planner beyond stormwater, which I love. And that's something I can still work on at the county, but also criminal justice reform, election reform, uh, property tax reform um, and our health and you know health care for all. I just think it's an exciting time to be at the county. It, it sounds like you're totally embracing it. And that's that's so great. I know that. Um... A couple of us were talking about seeing our year-old colleague, Deb Shore, on the news in the last couple of weeks off of the uh, Ohio train disaster as the local representative of EPA, the Great Lakes District. She had to uh, be the face. And it was nice to see her. And it, you could tell that that was someone who was taking it very seriously. And uh, it's good to... Good to know she's there, basically. Yeah, know. I mean, we need good people who care about the environment, who care about good government everywhere. And I'm, you know, I love being at MWRD with Deb. I can't imagine being there without her. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's great to have her over the EPA. They have some serious challenges, and but I, I believe if anybody can help, uh, it's Deb. Yeah. Um, so you just mentioned a lot of. Uh, you know, the whole ramifications of being a commissioner in Cook County and including all of the the wonders of the um, uh, the green necklace, as Larry used to call it, around yes, the, the emerald necklace. The emerald necklace, that's it, yes, um, which is the, the forest uh, preserves and, and the other green land. What, uh, out of that whole list of things that you mentioned, including healthcare and the uh, our jail system has maybe more attention by uh, what has your attention the most at this point out of all of those things you mentioned. So I'm still learning. I'll just be honest, right? I think when you go into government, a new layer of government, as much as you can read all of the policy handbooks and, you know, all of that, you just are not in it. And so it's been about three months in, I'm still learning a lot of the, um, nitty gritty and thinking also learning about the district like me you know we've met with over a thousand people across the district in just three months um, listening to them and understanding what are the issues what do we need to I always say it's our job to know the district and know the different communities in the district well enough that mm -hmm. as opportunities and information come from the county we know who needs it we know how to get it to them not communities responsibility to always know everything that's going on in county government and so we're still in that learning process learning um, you know, what are the different organizations? What are the different challenges? What are the different concerns and needs across the district that we need to be aware of? And then also learning what are the different things that county um, has jurisdiction over? What are the things that we're working on? What are the opportunities and resources we can bring back to the district? And then figuring out how do we kind of set our priorities? So, you know, we've been learning all kinds of like, I didn't know um, that if you live anywhere in Cook County and you have an appointment at County Hospital, we will provide a free ride. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that we do the same for the Brookfield Zoo and the Botanic Garden, that we have free tickets for those who can't afford it. We will arrange buses and transportation for community groups that wanna go out and see it. You know, We're lucky that we're so close to the Botanic Garden 
but even people in our district have not been there, uh, right. let alone others from Cook County. So how do we make sure that all of Cook County's assets are accessible um, yeah. and, and, and affordable uh, for different families? So that's been one layer. Um, and the other is some of the policy ideas that I came in with and that I talked about in the campaign. So my first resolution that I passed just at the last board meeting in February is uh, committing Cook County to having a grassroots uh, process to develop the county's first environmental justice policy by the end of next year. Um, so we've never had one. This is something I'm really passionate about. I know people across the 13th district, so we're going to be developing an environmental justice task force within the 13th district to mm -hmm. engage residents around what do they want to see in this policy. Um, but we also wrote into the resolution that we're going to adopt the core values of the environmental justice principles, which really center communities that are most impacted. Um, and so we will be working with environmental justice organizations and communities of color across Cook County to develop this policy over the next year. It won't be just written in an office. It'll be an actual engagement process um, with you know, what we call environmental justice communities and those who want, who care about this issue in the district, but also countywide. And so that's something that we've already got off the ground. And uh, over the next two months, my office along with other county commissioners are gonna be holding a series of hearings, literally 20 hours probably of hearings uh, with every department head under the offices of the president, every separately elected to ask the question, Simply, you know, how are you collecting data on Asian Americans and what is called Middle Eastern North African? Um, mm. And how are we serving communities that have different linguistic needs? Um, it was surprising to me to come into county government, although this is probably true of most layers of government, that we don't consistently collect data on Asian Americans. Um, so parts of Cook County government do, parts of Cook County government don't. And so before we mandate it, we want to understand what are we doing, uh, what is working, what's not working, and then figure out the path forward. But if we're not counting every community, then we're not serving every community. Um, and so the first step is just knowing what are we doing, who are we counting, and how do we do this better? Um, so that, along with uh, that leading into language access, we have over 100 languages spoken in the 13th district alone, I would say, at best, we do Spanish uh, for most of county's functions, but when you start getting to Polish, Chinese, Arabic, Urdu, it starts to fade. Yeah. Um, and how are we serving a district like ours if people are not even getting information in the language that they understand? Um, so those are three of the things that we are already kind of starting to uh, get our teeth into um, over the next year, but we're also continuing to listen and learn. That sounds very uh, commonsensical in a way, the way you describe, you know, let's count, let's let's hear what's already there, what's, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel, but let's make the wheel we, we need to, to serve people. Um, I don't know, I just always feel like putting women in office makes those kinds of common sense approaches and get to the nitty gritty and uh, more available to us all. So. Really, thank you. Thank okay. you for bringing your entire self to this. So I'm going to switch gears here for a minute because um, before we end, we must talk about the election we just shared. <laughs> you were actively campaigning, I think, for a number of candidates in Tuesday's election, weren't you? Yes. Who were your favorites and how did they fare? 
it was a good night for a lot of my candidates. So, you know, for mayor, I was with Brandon Johnson from day one. I was with him at his announcement. Uh, some people think that I supported him because he was my colleague at the county board. Uh, but really, I've been an organizer with Brandon for years. We worked on minimum wage. Uh, we've worked on a lot of different issues around equity and coalition building um, across the city. And I believe in Brandon. I believe, you know, I believe in his core that he will lead with love and be collaborative and bring in a whole new generation of people who have not been engaged in politics. And so I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, when I look at the coalition that we built, even just in the um, February election, we had a multiracial, multi-generational set of progressive electeds and organizations and activists that were excited to have a candidate that we really believe in as progressives. Um, you know, Maria Haddon and Matt Martin were also part of this campaign. Um, and we're hoping to build a coalition uh, with folks who were with Chewy for progressives as a whole. I think that, you know, one thing when I look at Chicago is, you know, I worked with young people for, you know, a number of years when I was an organizer at United Congress and they did a project around kind of, you know, the issue of violence and their definition of violence, right? It wasn't about bad people or even bad decisions is the absence of hope, um, mm. absence of everything else, absence of good schools, affordable healthcare, job opportunities, but also hope. Um, and that's what I think uh, has been missing from the city um, is that hope, especially among young people and young, uh, you know, people of color. And I really believe that Brandon can help kind of help us rebuild the soul of our city. And so I'm really excited about that. Our very own Maria Haddon, uh, elect reelected with the overwhelming majority, Andre Vasquez. Um, and, you know, for with a slightly different hat on, you know, I chaired the Asian American caucus for the last four years. We grew from zero to 17 electeds across the state. Not only have we been growing, but we have been flipping red seats blue. We're the only community that flipped three Republican seats, Democratic over the last two cycles. And we got our first Chinese American alderman representing the Chinatown and broader 11th Ward community. Um, and so I think it's really important to have representation, to have a seat at the table. And right now she's the only Asian American city council. We do mm -hmm. have uh, one other Asian American that made the runoff, um, Lenny Manahopenworth in the 48th Ward. So um, we're excited to continue to build, build that bench and, and build representation at every level of government as well. So you and I, uh, that was wonderful. You sort of gave me the chills there when you talked about hope, just so you know. Uh, I, I do chill easy, but uh, still, thank you for talking about hope. Thank you for talking about real stuff like that. Um, I, You and I shared part of Election Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know that uh, we were... Uh, by the time you were sitting uh, in at another table in the same room, I was sitting at a table. I think we were both pretty bleary-eyed. It was towards the end of the day. Um, and what else did you do? Did you go down to the Brandon celebration or did you? I did. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a packed room. And again, it was just great to see so many people from so many different backgrounds on the West side, um, you know, and you could feel the energy. It really it was, it was like, again, it was hope. It was love. It was excite, you know, energy people who I think were feeling like for the first time, young people feeling like for the first time in their lifetime, that they have a candidate that they really believe in who could lead the city, lead the city. 
Um, and so it was a fun night. It was fun to see a lot of friends who are, you know, supporting Brandon. Um, and it's been also really nice to have conversations over the last day or two of people who were supporting Chewy, who are mm -hmm. like, we're all in. Um, look, yeah. this is not about one person over another. This is about the, sh the Chicago that we're trying to build together. And yeah. um, we're, we have to build this coalition. Um, and, you know, I think we all share values and, and have, you know, similar issues that we care about. Um, and Brandon is the candidate that's going to bring us together over the next five weeks. Um, I, I see what, what you just described, too. Our first guest, Mike Klonsky, who, you know, is in Logan Square, um, he's a little more uh, negative on what he thinks the the splits that that he sees in the progressive movement. Whereas I told him, you know, he's at the moment down in Florida dealing with family business. Um, I said I I don't see that. I I see people going okay. Now it's Brandon time um, because I do believe it would be tragic to have a mayor Vallis um, at this time. Um, I think it'd be tragic to have a mayor Vallis. I also think it would be tragic for progressives to miss this opportunity to build something bigger. Um, this is about winning, but it's also about building a multiracial progressive coalition yep. um, in this city. And to the average person, they don't care about the inside baseball. They don't care about personalities. They don't care about ideological splits and you know people's personal history and baggage they want to have hope they want to have a city that they believe in they want to have a leader that they can believe in and so i hope that all of us and maybe i'll be honest maybe it's easier for me to say as somebody who was team brandon um but we have to be bigger right it's like when they go low we go high we we have to know this is not about us um and do what's best for the city and do what's best for building something bigger beyond this election. And so I'm really hopeful that that we can do that. I think that's a perfect place to leave our talk today, Josina, because um, we will no doubt be talking again. Um, but in the next five weeks, we have a job to do here in this city. So uh, we'll check in after after that some point. Um, yes. And uh see how it's going with you in the county and see how we're faring here with our new leadership in the city. So thanks so much for giving us some time today. I know you're busy and uh, busy as a mom and busy as a commissioner and busy as <laughs> My a- My kids are active. almost three and five already, Katie. I had no kids last time. Yeah. I feel like, you know, before I, when I first started in this political road. Yeah, you, you've, you've made some changes, girl. <laughs> and uh, brought new people in. Thank, thank you for that. Um, and thank you for joining us on Live from the Heartland. Have, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. So thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for watching. If you've gone to youtube.com slash heartlandmedia to find us, um, we're here every week and it's normally uh, Michael James as your host these days. So he'll be back next week and I'm sure he'll talk to you about his new photography show going up next uh, week, March 10th at Uri Eichen Gallery down at 2200 South Halstead, but I'm reminding you of it. Um, and thanks for doing all you can do to make a better world. Uh, we need all the good we can do. 
something for your community, clean up the alley with neighbors, help register voters for the next election coming up, uh, lobby for that environmental initiative I talked about earlier, the end of styrofoam in Illinois, and all power to the people. Thank you, Hal James and Michael James and everyone uh, associated with the production of this show, Lynn Orman Weiss, who I miss seeing. And uh, also check out our sister shows, uh, Mike Plonsky's Hitting Left, which will be back up next week. All right, that's it from us in the heartland. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. Are you doing the best you can? a dream awaiting I can see it in your eye it may not come easy but you know you've got a friend I'll be by your side the entire ride just let me hear you say amen are you doing doing are you doing the best you can Are you doing?